Hey everyone, Nadmemudis here. Apologies for the audio quality of this episode. In the future, we'll be back in our normal studio with our better mics, but for today, we will be making do with this. Enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome into a new episode. This is the Scarves Up Podcast. I'm your host, Nanme Moodis, back for season eight, episode 151 here. We are previewing the 2022 MOS season. And join with me, Dame Moodis. How are you doing today? Doing well. I can't believe that it's only nine days away from the first Sounders home game and the away CCL game coming up even sooner than that. Yes, we are just two days out from the Sounders' first game of 2022. Well, first real game. We're not going to count preseason. And it really wasn't that long ago since we last talked um, about the Sounders. Uh, For our 150th episode, I was joined by some guests to talk about the Sounders uniforms. And that's where we're going to basically kick things off today. As just moments ago, the Sounders released their home jersey for the 2022 MLS season, David Mamoudis, what are your thoughts? Uh, I like the New Jersey. I, you know, like that they they stuck with the green. Um, they got an interesting design. Uh, haven't seen it quite from all angles yet. Um, so I don't know if it'll look a little plain from the sides, but I like a lot of the elements they put in there, and I like how it looks in the front. Yeah, it's good. I, I've got a little worried based on some of the leaks, but... Uh, I really like this design. I think it's it sticks with our normal colors. They didn't go for some weird color. Like um, I was trying to think about what what the Sounders haven't done, and uh, we didn't end up with the orange kit. Um, I don't know why our kit would be orange, but I mean, like we could have gone right. there. They, but you know, they didn't go for the you know some kind of pale pastel color like the uh, Portland seems to have. Yeah, um, based on what we've seen, um, we've seen with some bad uniforms in the past. I think they hit it out of the park. I really like this uniform, and uh, hopefully, I can get my hands on one of them um, and, uh, sooner or later. Um, the new Portland uniform, god awful, just super, super bad. Um, like a light pink with rose. If you haven't seen it, please just Google it. Um, 2022 Portland Timbers jersey, you'll find it. It's hideous. Um, obviously, we had to talk about uniforms in the past. How do you think this new uniform compares to the ones of the past, David? Uh, do you have any thoughts you want to share about our ranking that I that I went over? Yeah, I mean, I know you're not a fan of the of you know some of the neon colors. Um, personally, I. You know, I think I like the, you know, the green uniforms the best. Um, but I've also, Obviously. you know, I also, you know, had, you know, less dislike of the sort of, you know, electric yellow and blue ones. And, you know, I think maybe my least favorite are some of the white jerseys, um, which, you know, I know a lot of teams around the league have variations of that that just seem very generic and, you know, don't seem you know, uniquely Sounders from a distance. And so, you know, I love anything that sticks with the Rave Green, but I've also been a fan of, you know, of the blue uniforms. Are you a fan uh, of the black uniforms? Are you a fan of the collars on the white uniforms? Um, I know we've had this discussion before. You know, I'm I'm sort of open to the, you know, to the rugby shirt collars. Um, you know, I like the the sort of throwback to what some of the English teams do with that. Um, now this you know, is I'd why say, no, this is why no one's putting you in charge of uh, of of designing clothes for them. Anyone who's seen me dress is never going to put me in charge of designing clothes I mean, for anyone. Anyone anyone who's going to walk out on the street wearing anything like the bright neon blue or bright neon yellow uniforms that we have like cannot be trusted. I mean those are just terrible. I would say I would say though this new uniform. 
It's probably, I would say it would probably fit like in a tier in our ranking. Um, I mean, some of the, I'm guessing based on the discussions I had with Susan Anthony and Sophia Maymoudis, it was a good episode. You should go uh, 150, the 150 celebration. If you haven't listened to it, uh, then uh, you should go check that out. Um, but I, I think they would put it at um, at A tier because it's a little more like out there, um, a little more. Uh, the The pattern is definitely un- unexpected, so I think that's why it might not be S tier. But nonetheless, I really like it, um, and I'm excited to see if the Sounders can can win some new silverware with um, uh, while wearing it. Uh, and I know you were you yeah. were worried that there might be you know bigger changes coming. So you know they kept the crest the same, didn't do anything too dramatic with the collar or the shoulders. Except we don't know that because the announcement. So well, uh, they're selling the jerseys with the old crest on them. So if they're going to, you know, they're they're available now on MLS Shop. Just, oh, okay. Just as of a few minutes ago. So oh, okay, that's true. That's true. I think you know there I is still that... an announcement coming tomorrow, which people seem to think is going to be about a new training facility down at the old Longacre site. It um, seems like it has to at this point. Like, like the so let's let's catch everyone up again. So the over the off season, um, a little bit ago, Sounders announced that there'd be an an announcement, and the press thought that the way they told everyone about like, keep your schedule open for February 16th is there should be something big coming. So you were like, is there a new rebrand coming? Um, Luckily, it doesn't seem like that's the case. As David has pointed out, it says it has our old crest and our name still on the New Jersey. So that's not going anywhere. Um, How mad would you be if the Sounders changed their name? Like I would be, absolutely furious because it's the best name in the league i'm i I Uh, you know obviously it depends what they what they changed it to i'd be but i agree i'd be it's you know not something not something i'd want you know and and if you had to think you know what would they where would it go you know if the if they said now we're seattle fc you'd be like uh (laughs) why and don't yeah it just would not have been a good move so now I think we can be pretty confident that the news tomorrow is related to the Sounders new training ground. Um, and that's definitely is, it is a huge announcement since the Sounders have been at Starfire since they joined the league. What are your thoughts about this? They're, the rumor is that they're going to move and build a state of the art um, soccer uh, complex um, pretty much in an area that's right next to Starfire. What do you think about this, this, this news? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that they, that they would want to, you know, Starfire is a, is a great facility, but it's, you know, a great facility completely overrun by uh, teenage kids. Um, So you can see why they want, might want something a little more, um, a little more separate. Um, So, you know, and it, it seems like a place they are allowed to invest money, you know, free from, free from the, uh, the salary cap considerations. So seems like it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I'll be interested to see what they announce tomorrow and what the plans look like. And, and it is interesting because um, Starfire at this point and, um, and while soccer is definitely far behind, there's a lot less money in, in MOS and, the 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 MOS and the USL training grounds than there are in Europe. Like um, teams aren't spelling aren't spending like millions of dollars to um, build training grounds um, as they are in Europe. Um, but uh, I think this does show some progressive some progression in like how soccer is growing because when the Sounders join the league. Starfire was like a top tier soccer training facility in the league. Uh, but now it is like the worst in all of MOS, which is saying something because there's obviously we've talked about before that there seems like there are MOS teams that don't really 
um, put much uh, effort into the or put many money uh, finance. Uh, they don't put many resources. Um, uh, they don't use their money that they do have to um, to expand on their club. Um, so the fact that uh, the Sounders um, will now be meeting all those other teams, I think, is huge for the club. Um, and it's what the team deserves. Um, they definitely are a team that will be able to um, sustain themselves with this new training round. Any, any other thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see the details tomorrow. You know, will they still use the Starfire Stadium as their, you know, sort of secondary stadium? Um, uh, you know, how will they bring the public into it? Um, anyway, lots of lots of details to be found. Uh, based on and... what I've based on what I've read, I believe that their new plan would is going to have something is also going to have a fair number of soccer fields. So I'd be surprised if they don't build one stadium that has some amount of seating around it. Probably but will won't it be, be the five thousand seats that they have at Starfire? Well, Starfire, the Starfire thing is is still going to stay put. They'll still have Starfire will still host stuff. I'm guessing. I don't think um, Major League Rugby um, and the Sea Wolves are going to be moving anytime soon. Um, uh, but I I would expect that the Sounders don't play any more games at Starfire. I'd be I'd be surprised. I think with this new um, training ground, um, based on the size that uh, I've heard about it maybe being, I think that um, uh, I think that um, it's going to be big enough that the Sounders can train there and the Defiance can train there, um, and maybe the Rain can train there. Okay, let's move. Let's um, move on to uh, as a, more of the the season preview. Let's go through um, new faces. What happened in in the off season? Um, this has been an odd uh, This has been an on an odd off season for the Sounders. Is the Sounders? are coming into a new season with the most complete roster they've pretty much ever had is now they have 28 play. I believe they do have 28 players since they did just sign um, a defiance player yesterday. Um, I think they might still have a couple of first team spaces. So maybe 26 out of 28. I think that's I think that's right. I'm not, I can't remember if the first team uh, goes up to 30 or if it is 28, but still Sounders very much complete. Let's talk about the big, the big, big signing. Um, the new designated player, Albert Rusnak is now a Seattle Sounder. What are your thoughts um, on everything to do with him? Yeah. You know, sounds great from what I've read about him. He's, you know, not a player I paid a lot of attention to um, in previous seasons. So I don't think I have a great, you know, sort of mental image of of what he brings to the team. I should go watch some highlight videos. Um, but my impression is, you know, a a, a, a strong midfield presence. <clears throat> you know, uh, you know, I think of him as sort of taking up the Ladero role of you know doing a lot of work creating chances for the other runners. Yeah, I think that that's pretty accurate. Except um, he's he's very he's very Ladero esque. Um, He's very similar, I would say, to those uh, to the likes of Johnny Russell, um, in which he was the Hopefully captain. Much less annoying, though. He was the captain at RSL. He plays on the wing. He scores goals. Um, he is still Albert. I this signing. Um, I, I'm very shocked that it happened. I didn't think he was going to be leaving RSL anytime soon. He's still 27. Um, he's, and he's going to be here for the next three years. I mean, and it, and it just shows that players, you know, want to join a strong team and, and, you know, that gives them the promise of, of success. Um, and if you have somebody who has a team player mindset and doesn't 
you know, doesn't want to come in and be the, you know, the obviously best player on the team, uh, but is wants to surround themselves with a bunch of other great players, um, that can be a wonderful formula for success. So we'll hope that works out. So he's 27 and it is a two year deal. I just checked, um, uh, which is good. And uh, like most of our, of our other players, we also got um, everyone else is getting locked in as in the off season, we saw, Raul, um, Ladero, um, Paolo, and Arialaga all sign long-term contracts. So they will all be here through 2024, which is great to hear. What, what, what about, what, what, um, about that news excites you or, or, or who are you most excited about that they'll be here for that long? Well, I mean, again, you know, what I'm what I'm really excited about is, uh, you know, seeing seeing all of our players, um, you know, getting on the field at the same time, not having any contract drama or holdouts or or big injuries, you know, coming into the season. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, adding Ruznak is great, but the big thing is just, you know, to see Ladero and Morris and Rui Diaz and Roldan's um, you know, and everyone else just, uh, you know, get out there and pick it up where they left off, you know, seemingly just a few days ago. So the last time, the last time we talked, we talked about, um, we talked to, we were talking about the expansion draft and who we thought we might lose. Um, we end up not losing anyone in the expansion draft, which just, I think shows to me that, uh, Charlotte doesn't know what they're doing. Um, as they clearly didn't go after the best players, um, in the league, since we have the depth, um, their loss. Um, I was shocked that we still have Stefan Cleveland, and we and he signs. Uh, I think he signed for two more years, um, but he'll at least be around for the next year. What do you think about uh, about getting Cleveland on board? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we hope Fry does does not you know miss a big part of the season like he did, but. You know, obviously that was something last season that worked out better than I would have feared. You know, we didn't really see a big, a big drop um, in, in goal while Fry was out. Um, so it's great to know that we have some backups who've now seen a little more time than, uh, than we would have wanted. Um, as far as Charlotte, I don't have much of an opinion about, you know, what they were trying to do, putting their team together. Obviously, you know, a tough thing. Uh, for any team that's, you know, trying to be the next Seattle or Atlanta and come in and contend the first year, you know, you probably have to take some gambles and, and uh, you know, come up with, a, um, with an approach. But, um, you know, again, hard to repeat what, what the Sounders have done. Yeah, yep, definitely. Um, other, other notable uh, re-signs, we saw Freddie Montero, Will Bruin, Kellen Rowe, I'll agree um, to come back, um, but the biggest one, um, the most deserved one for four years, um, it finally happened after taking taking way too long. Alex Rodon is locked in as a sounder, and I was I was pretty confident he was staying. I I, I wasn't expecting the Rodon brothers to go rogue, but. Jesus Sounders, you kept you like this guy was he was actually just free. He was literally free to sign with anyone else. He didn't, um, but he wasn't under contract at the end of this year. So like he literally the, could have been scooped up. Perhaps the sounder who, you know, did the most to improve his standing over the course of last year, you know, and I maybe the sounders are knocking themselves for not, you know, signing him to a minimum wage contract uh 12 months earlier. Um, but anyway, great to see him, uh, he him locked been, down. He should have been the first one announced um, as coming back. Well, I mean, again, it's a compl- like- complicated thing to get everyone arranged at the same time. You know, the great part is that we're coming into the beginning of the season with remarkably little drama um, and, you know, everyone in training. Yeah, let's talk about – I mean, like, yes, yes, we get to this point and there really – and there isn't that much drama – um, and like everyone signed, which is very nice. But I still feel like it took it took a while to get some of these guys to sign. Like for for a little bit, it didn't look like Raul was coming back this year. 
Um, and the way I'm feeling is you just have to pay him. Like we don't need another situation with like um, Alba Femi Martins where he forces his way out of the team. Um, and it looked like we were going down that way. Um, and I know it's like, it's all about money and it's about the teams trying to figure out like what they can afford. Um, but but well, still, and about the salary cap. So, you don't, yeah. you know, that's the, you know, the Sounders could afford to pay more than they're, they're able to with the way the league is set up. So, you know, obviously again, very complicated, you know, set of trade-offs that they're making. And, you know, that's, you know, the amazing thing is to bring in somebody like Ruznak without feeling like you have to make a choice between him and Rui Diaz. And, you know, obviously one question is, can we keep all of these great players happy um, with getting enough of the ball? I guess the secret is pass more and everyone can touch it. Um, but, uh, and, you know, score goals and there's no reason they can't both score 20. Um but um, but it's a complicated balancing act, and you know it doesn't. It would have been nice in some ways if it was all done, you know, in December rather than January. But the important thing is to have everyone have everyone in camp. You know, in this way, it gives podcasters more to talk about and radio yep. shows. Yeah, I still feel like if you're Roy Diaz or or Rodon, you like neither of them should be having to compromise with the team to say like, like, or, or maybe they're taking a pay cut because they just love being here and the team like literally has to afford, but there's no reason why, why like they should be taking like a drastic pay cut with the way that they're performing. Like the team has to figure, would have to figure out that they have to make cuts otherwhere because these are the players that deserve to be making the money that they are. Um, and I think um, the Albert the Albert Rusnak story is is in, is interesting because when he first came in, I thought he was coming in. Um, he wasn't going to be a designated player, and then um, we find out that Joe Paolo is a, that Joe that we were able to buy down Joe Paolo um, in order to bring back um, Albert uh, to bring Albert Rusnak into the team. Um, and obviously, I don't know all the logistics behind um, what it takes to buy down a contract and make it um, a TAM contract like they did with Joe Paolo. But I feel like you could, some of that has got to be like he's on the he. Do, do you know, like, does that player have um, get to say, like, yeah, I'm okay with this, doing this? Um, so you can bring in this other player who will be a designated player. Like, does Joe Paolo have any say if they're going to buy him down? Um, I mean, he certainly has a say on, you know, what amount of money he's asking for. And I'm sure players have opinions about, you know, whether they want to be a DP. Um, but again, you know, I feel, I feel like if you look at JP's, you know, style on the field, you know, what he cares about is, you know, what works for the team, you know, not who gets the credit or who has the last touch on the ball. So, you know, I'm sure that he takes that same attitude into how his contract is, is, is structured. And, you know, if there's something he can do that keeps him feeling respected and, you know, doesn't, doesn't mean he can't afford to feed his family, but that lets the Sounders have the flexibility to bring another great player on, you know, my guess is he's pretty open to that. Yep. Yep. Uh, so let's talk formation since you were bringing up um, like how do you make sure you keep all these uh, players who want to be on the field on the field. Um, when I think about our formation, when I think about the players who I would think um, think of themselves as starters and think about like I need to be playing every game um, because that's what I deserve. I feel like all those players can fit onto our uh, can fit onto are the field for us. I feel like there are 11 players. It's pretty easy to pick them out. Um, the only exception to that is Leo Chu. I'm very interested to see how Leo Chu gets used this year. I don't, he didn't get, uh, I don't think he get, he actually did get a start. He just made um, appearances off the bench, but I'm very interested to see like if he will become more of a rotation player because it definitely seemed like he was a little frustrated 
um, about not getting to play as much as he did. And when he did play, he was exciting. I didn't think there were many times where he like made a mistake. You know, what are your thoughts on Neil Chu's um, uh, right. position I mean, obviously, going into this you know, season? I, I think there was a reference to, uh, you know, his English getting better and, you know, communicating better with the rest of the team. Uh, and obviously, yep. you know, having the preseason and, and learning how everyone plays better will be important for him. Um, you know, as for the overall team structure, I think, you know, part of it depends, um, you know, how many injuries we have to deal with. Part of it depends how far into the CCL and the Open Cup we go, you know, how much, how many midweek games we're having and how much rotation Schmetzer needs to do. You know, so it's great to have that, to have that depth. Um, you know, obviously there are a lot of great players who will, who will be, you know, fighting to be in the top 18, uh, let alone the top 11 for the Sounders. So, um, you know, this is another challenge for Schmetzer to sort of manage all of those, all of those people who, who know that there are a lot of MLS teams they could be starting on. Um, and, you know, make sure they're happy being at the Sounders and finding a way to make the team you know, successful in keeping it together. Um, you know, you mentioned the formation. And to me, the biggest question is whether we, you know, stick with five at the back. You know, where do you put where do you put Nuhu? Does he play as that third center back where he's been so strong or um, go back to his old, you know, left wing position? Yeah, that's the interesting one. That was another thing I wanted to talk about. Um, I think the, the, the five at the back was working so well and like um, – last year um i feel like i i feel like i do want to see that again but i know that the sounders haven't been doing that in preseason um and i think we might not do that because of uh because um uh the other news um brad smith has departed um the team again um and with that uh now rusnak will wear the number 11 jersey um because uh, Smith uh, left the team um, uh, in order to uh, uh, and him leaving helped helped us free up some space um, and that's how I think the him leaving had something to do with Jao Paulo's um, Jao Paulo's Tam uh, being able to be brought down um, but I think with Brad Smith leaving since new who is a little bit uh, likes to stay back a little bit more. He's a little bit more of a defender than someone like Madronda or Brad Smith who will push up. So I believe that new who will play left back, but then he will stay in the center more. And then um, since I expect Jordan Morris to be starting on the left side, Jordan Morris will just be asked to, come back and Jordan Morris always comes back on defense, but I would expect him to have a little bit more of a defensive role. Um, obviously he'll still have the help of Joe Paolo and um, Rodon in front of them, but to actually go over the lineup, I'm expecting um, that we come out in a four, two, three, one. Um, so that would be Yamar, Ariaga, uh, Alex Rodon and Nuhu. Um, Fry, of course, um, Christian Rodon, Jao Paulo, um, Ladero, Rusnak, Morris, and then up top, Raul Roy Diaz. Um, that is the lineup that I expect to be like our um, starting lineup um, going into this this year, this season. I think if everyone's healthy, that's the team we go with. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think that you know, sort of seems like the clear first choice 11. Um, you know, do you think we ever see a two forward lineup? You know, obviously, you know, Bruin is an option to come in late. Um, I think it is uh, possible. You know, I th option yeah. for, um, you know, for more, for more excitement. Um, if we're down in a game, who's coming out? Um, and then how does the formation change to put up a second formation? Because obviously we still got Bruin. We still got Montero. Um, uh, we still got, we still got Leo Chu. I feel like based on what we're saying, Leo Chu, he can switch in to play um, 
um, both of more to play both Morris and Rusnak's position. He could come in um, late in a game, or if it since there's going to be midweek games, he can also play then. Since rotation um, this year is going to be huge with so many so many different tournaments happening. Right, and so obviously you know you could go to more of a four four two and take out one of those wingers and put in the second big forward if you feel like you know you need just more. Um, somebody taller in the box. Um, so, yeah. Um, Do you think you know, that it, this is the right decision to keep, to move New Who back out to left back after he's had a lot of success playing center back? Obviously, right. I mean, I guess, you yeah. know, you know, we didn't mention Madranda who'd been, you know, who'd been doing, you know, strong and challenging Brad Smith for that position. Um, but, you know, the problem is if you do have five at the back, you know, who of those, um, who of those front six do you, do you take off? Um, and, you know, that's a hard question. So I think, you know, petition for a rules change to allow 12 people uh, is one thing. Yeah, I feel like, do. I feel like there's more of a chance. There's, there's, um, there's, there's, if, if, if we're like actually thinking about like, who's, who's, who are we deciding is going to play it's probably between like Morris and Madronda is basically who you're you're deciding between and Morris is just going to win is just going to win that decision every time because of how much he means to the team um and and what he can do which is like and and like this is nothing nothing against Madronda Madronda's great I think he's going to be a huge part of this year um, hopefully building on the, the wonder goals he scored last year. Um, but I, I, I do think to get the best players onto the field, um, Madrada will, will start on the bench. Um, let's talk about um, who, what else the bench looks like. So um, we talked about that the Sounders have a pretty complete lineup, but then also – the Sounders have now only two players on their team who have never like suited up um, in a Sounders uniform um, because the we have because we gave some defiance people um, first team contracts that includes Sam Adidaron um, and there's um, another name um, that I'm. Forgetting at so the sorry, moment. Sorry, who are the who are the two new people? I mean, I guess there's Jackson Reagan is the is the one who just signed. So he was the to... one. He was the one who signed yesterday. He'll be our first backup center back, which um, makes sense because right now we're a little thin at that position because we have. Our, he's our fourth center back, so I guess our first, you yeah. know, first backup if we're doing the five three two. Because we um, have A B. Because we have A B, and we have. Um, and we have him now um, with Shane O'Neill. Shane O'Neill is one of the players who also departed the team. Um, sad to see him go. Um, but and um, then you mentioned he, you mentioned two uh, players he, who hadn't yeah. played with the Sounders before. Rusnak, I guess. Well, Rude, well, yeah, Rusnak is one of them, and then the other one is uh, is Dylan Tevez, the okay. player that we got from um, the University of Washington, who made who made a huge impact at the um, college cup this year um, as the Washington uh, Huskies made it to the final in the NCAA for NCAA division one soccer. Unfortunately they lost, but um, he was a homegrown, he counts as a homegrown player. So that's how we got him. Um, there's a couple other players who we could have tried to do that, but he was the only one we did. He's the only other one besides Ruznak that hasn't actually worn a uniform um, for the Sounders because other players um, that we've had um, were like signed to short-term contacts in the in the past. Um, that's why. And I'm excited for for Adidaron. I think he is a he's a young, hungry forward. Um, so. Uh, obviously, when we get into U.S. Open Cup in this year, um, I'm guessing he'll have a lot to play in that. Um, I think I'm expecting him and, and Will Bruin to be number one and number two um, in the U.S. Open Cup, uh, especially if if we get 
with the amount of depth that the Sounders have this year, I think that this year could look a lot like 2014. And I've said it over and over again at the on the podcast, the 2014 was the best Sounders team ever. Um, and that is because we won. Wow. Wow. People like Dempsey and Yellen were at the World Cup. And, and I can't remember. Did we? Um, and during that, did we get off to a fast start in that season? Yeah, we were in first place pretty much the entire year. Literally the entire year, um, we were in first place. Um, actually, we lost in 2014. We won our first game, and then we lost our next two. Um, no, we did. Then we went two and two. We we won our first game. Ended two and two. Then we got our first tie in the four, four tie against the Timbers. Um, and then we rode it out and we ended up um, beating LA galaxy um, in the supporter shield race. Um, and we should have, you know, gone to an MLS cup, but we're not going to talk about that, but the stupid aggregate rules um, and away goes. Um, but in that year in the U S open cup, neither Dempsey or, neither Dempsey or Martins really played that much in the open cup. They only came in, in the final Kenny Cooper won golden boot that year in the U S open cup because of how good he was in those games. And Chad Barrett um, was like right behind him. Cause he was also scoring goals. So if a dinner on and will Bruin can do what they were, what Barrett and Cooper were doing in 2014, I think, um, this year is going to be really special for everyone involved because it's going to be a whole team effort to win cups. Um, uh, moving on um, from, from our depth a little bit, um, we, uh, we mentioned um, that we saw Shane O'Neill um, depart the team. Um, other news um, with Sounders, around MOS. We saw DeAndre Yedlund come back to MOS. He's now with Chris Henderson in uh, Miami. Any thoughts about that? Um, yeah, you know, nice to see um, Yedlund back in, in MLS. I hope things go for him, well for him there. Um, you know, still um, a mystery to me how MLS's allocation system goes. You know, I don't know. Um, you know, whether he would have liked to come back to the Sounders if it had been his choice, you know, obviously. I think definitely. I think if if the, if the allocation rules didn't exist and that you didn't have to pay a ridiculous amount of money to get an American player who goes abroad and then comes back, then I think the Sounders would have definitely wanted him. I think he definitely wants to come here. You know, I think he has question, tons of family here. Could he have broken into the top 28, you know, which is more competitive here than a lot of places. It um, is true. But yeah, you know, glad to glad to get a chance to, you know, to see him more often. And, you know, I hope that goes well for him. And obviously for Yemen right now, it's very important that he is just playing somewhere as he very much wants to go to the next World Cup. He's he's still getting called in for the national team games. Um, he's got to start providing even more for the national team because I want him to go to the next World Cup. He wants to go to the next World Cup. I want all former Sounders to go, uh, any former Sounders and current Sounders that are able to go to the World Cup next year, uh, this year. Um, that is weird to say. Um, uh, anyone who can, who's, who's, I want Rodon, Morris, and Yednin at the next World Cup. And I guess that's one thing we haven't talked a lot about, you know, in terms of upcoming international breaks. I don't know how much this season that will be a factor that, you know, how many, we have a lot of internationals on the team, you know, how, how much will that put a pressure on roster management? Um, so obviously we have the, so we have a break. The last three CONCACAF games are coming up in, um, are, are coming up in uh, March. And I believe the MOS season stops for that break. So um, so the Sounders should be fine for that break. Um, hopefully, um, I'm guessing Morris and Rodon at this point are still in the group. 
So they'll probably be gone um, among some other players. Yeah, um, I guess that's the last year, week of March. And uh, right, the Sounders do have a, a two-week break there. This year, even though even though there, so there is U.S. Open Cup. Thank God there is no Gold Cup since we did have the Gold Cup last year. So I believe we are Gold Cup free and any other soccer tournament because the Sounders will not be in the Eagles Cup this year because they are in CONCACAF Champions League. So uh, so it's pretty much, I mean, like it's going to be congested because we have CONCACAF Champions League, which hopefully we go far in. Um, we got MLS season and then we got the U.S. Open Cup. The Sounders will enter one week farther than some MLS teams, one round closer to the final than some MLS teams. I mean, um, hopefully we can go far in that. Um, but with, I will say with the world cup being in December, MLS is really the only team that benefits from this. Uh, I don't expect the Sounders to miss many players on international break, which is good. We don't want to see players, teams playing, with their B teams. We want to beat the best of the best. Any thoughts on, on, on scheduling going into this year? Yeah. I mean, again, seems, seems pretty favorable. Um, I was just looking up the open cup, I guess that's in May when the Sounders come in, in the round of 32. Yep. Um, so um, yeah, you know, hopefully we won't see quite as much craziness with the MLS playing through international breaks as we've seen. Um, and I guess that's the one good thing about, uh, having the World Cup this year in a ridiculous location at a ridiculous time of year. Um, you know, we can put off to a future podcast talking about promotion relegation and, you know, what time of year the MLS should be playing. I feel like we've talked about that before, I mean, maybe once or twice. <laughs> um, um, but it's, uh, it, the scheduling is, uh, we'll, we'll definitely keep up to date, see, see how the scheduling uh, turns out hopefully our players will stay injured. I mean, it, it's nice. I do feel like we have uh, a lot of depth this year. Hopefully we won't have to use it as much as we did last year. Um, last year well, um, would definitely be nice. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk about the upcoming game in the CONCACAF Champions League, everything that I've read, it seems like no one should be injured. It seems like everyone should be back. Um, I expect a full lineup for the game in Honduras. The game has been moved to, it's in the capital of Honduras, um, it, where the Sounders have played before, where Morris and Rodon have played many times. Um, they're playing... Modatugua, who who is the rival to Olympia, but Olympia is is definitely the 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 uh, the father in this rivalry. It seems like they they're the ones who usually win the league. Uh, Modatugua, however you say their name, I apologize. Um, they are they got into this tournament by being runners up to Olympia. Um, um, but then they won the CONCACAF, uh, the, the CONCACAF League, um, which is the tournament that the smaller nations compete in in order to get into the CONCACAF Champions League. What are your thoughts on this team? Um, we should be able to beat them. Um, I'm feeling I'm, our team is stronger than when we played Olympia, but we should have beaten Olympia. How are you feeling going into this? Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously difficult anytime you, you know, you travel um, down to some of these CONCACAF stadiums. Um, also, um, they're a few games into their season. So, you know, maybe maybe that's an advantage, um, you know, over the Sounders just coming to the end of preseason. Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure they're aware of it. You, you know, you need to need to you know, go in with the attitude that we're the better team and we should win, but um, not let that go into cockiness and over overconfidence. Yeah, obviously with the League's Cup last year, we showed that we can beat um, teams that aren't in the MLS. Hopefully that continues. Um, I feel like the team, uh, the team is going to be at full strength. I think last time in the Champions League, didn't have Ladero. We didn't have Yamar. Um, I think those having them is going to be 
um, huge. Um, Rusnak does have some experience in this CCL, in CCL, not much, but he is, but uh, he has played in, I mean, he, he is um, from uh, Slovenia, Slovakia, um, uh, international. So he's played on the international stage before. I think he will definitely help um, in this tournament. Um, if the Sounders advance, we're on the side with only one Niga MX team. It is Lyon, it is Club Lyon, who beat us last year in the League's Cup. Um, uh, they're play, um, uh, so if we win, we'll play them if they can win their round of 16 match. Um, on the other side of on our stage, still on our side of the bracket, um, the Colorado Rapids and MLS Cup champions NYCFC are on the other side. So it could be an MLS matchup in the semifinals to get to the final. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on, on the other MLS team's chances um, to get uh, – or MLS's chances to, to win the tournament this year? Um, well, you know, obviously now that the founders are in it, their chances are much better than they were before. Um, obviously – Obviously, I like to talk about how I want the Sounders to be the first team to do it. Um, and I th- this really could definitely be the year. The other teams in the in the uh, in the tournament this year, the other MOS teams are the Rapids, NYCFC, the Revolution, and Montreal. Uh, Montreal um, was probably they have to play Santos Laguna and then if they win they probably will have to play another Liga MX team so their road is definitely um tough compared to the Sounders more Liga MX teams stand in their way uh but uh we're definitely going to keep an eye on, on it does um NYFC uh like they open their their CONCACAF Champions League campaign tonight We'll have to see how they do um, uh, because I am because I because even though like if an MOS, if the Sounders aren't in it, then I root against MOS. At this point, I do feel more confident in the Sounders' ability to play an MOS team in this tournament. So at this point, I'm okay with rooting for them. That just in the end, we will beat them. Uh, Moving on from CCL, the Sounders' first home game is against Nashville. It is our first, it will be our first ever meeting against Nashville, which is insane since obviously they joined in 2019 and we still often played them. Um, obviously, this is true for Inter Miami as well. Um, but uh, what are you, uh, are you excited for this game? I mean, you'll probably, um, you should be able to go to it. Go to yeah. Nashville. You know, excited to see the season kick off. Uh, you know, don't have a lot of, you know, it's not as though there's the big Sounders Nashville rivalry because, as you said, they you know haven't played each other in those first couple of seasons. Um, Also, yeah. So Nashville is now in the west. Is now in the western part of the United States. Did you know that that Nashville is actually not on the east coast? It's not in the it's mm-hmm. not in the Eastern time zone. It is actually um, here in the Pacific time zone. Um, you know, I, I, I know, you know, country Western music and all that. So, uh, you know, therefore it, it must be pretty far West, right? You know, so makes perfect sense. Um, but again, you know, I'll do some background reading, figure out who on Nashville is worth paying attention to. Um, well, well, Deb, well, to make your reading easier, I actually have a solution for for how you could hear about the Nashville team, uh, the Nashville team, and uh, it's pretty simple. You should uh, go check out my new radio show, which is called Football Is Life, where I'm sitting down with two other MOS experts. One is a Nashville SC fan. One is an NYCFC fan, and we broadcast on uh, WECB-FM. You can find it on TuneIn for free. You do not need to give TuneIn money. WECB 
FM, 3 p.m. on Fridays. Find it there. Follow Football is Life on Instagram. It's a great show. We're going to be previewing all every every week of the MOS season as it gets ready to start up. And then it will also be available in podcast form soon. So uh, for, for your Nashville SC research, I got you covered. Football is life. So a uh, particular focus on this upcoming, you know, clash of Titans, um, you know, the game that has been anticipated for, you know, by the hosts of your radio show for at least the last three years, mm-hmm. uh, bringing together finally, you know, much like seeing uh, Nuhu battle Muhammad Salah, um, you know, this has been a long anticipated match uh, with the Sounders and Nashville SC. Um, so anyway, I'll be tuning in to hear your preview of that and uh, excited to learn more. What is your score prediction for the game against Nashville to open the season? Um, I will it- say... 3-1 Sounders, you know, but I reserve the right, again, to revise that after I have heard your pregame analysis. Okay, I'm going to say 3-0 Sounders. Morris is going to score two goals. Raul Rodriguez is going to score one. It's going to be three goals to open the season. Sorry, Matt. Sorry, Nashville SC. But uh, Sounders are going to start off this rivalry in style with a 3-0 win. Uh, you can hear me make this prediction again. WECB FM, 3 p.m. Fridays on TuneIn. Look us up. Football is life. Football is life. Uh, that about does it for this episode. Uh, final thought, is New Who going to get traded um, to Barcelona um, in uh, or some other big club for $50 million come summer? Dave Mamoudis, is he? No, um, not for $50 million. Uh- Uh, We'll explain that. We will get to that next week. But until then, everyone, for 2022, keep your scarves up.